This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Live from the Fireside app, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and are you listening to this show from planet Earth? If not, you're probably having a really bad day. But if so, today's your day because it's Earth Day. And to celebrate, first, we'll help you avoid some of the biggest money no-nos. And second, we're joined by some of our favorite Earthlings. To help you live life on this planet more intentionally, we welcome the founder of Financially intentional Nasima McElroy from the afford anything podcast and the third rock from the sun. We also welcome Paula pant then from lenpenzo.com. It's Greta Thunberg. Nah, she's busy separating out the recycling. So it's just Len Penzo, but as if money's no, no's aren't enough. I'll have some trivia. That's out of this world. And now, a guy who's here to help you get on solid ground with your finances, Joe Salci. Happy Earth Day to you, Earthlings. I am Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a fantastic topic today. We've all made some big financial... Maybe some screw-ups, maybe some mess-ups. Maybe these are just lessons we can all learn from each other and our team today. Happy to talk about all those things. So let's meet them. We'll start off with New York City, where I believe Paula Pant from Afford Anything joins us. I am here and super happy to join all the Earthlings on today's podcast. (laughs) Hello, Planet Earth from Paula. I mean, people tell me I'm down to earth. Yeah, nice. That is good, slick. 
Good job. And from deep under Los Angeles, a guy who literally is uh, down to earth, Mr. Len Penzo's here. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm so down to earth. I'm. I'm really engrossed in this. Uh, this book I'm reading on nuclear physics. I learned something interesting. Do you know what the most frightening word is in nuclear physics? No. Detonate. Oops. Very well might be. That's a bad yes. day, Len. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a bad, bad day. And here and wondering why she has to follow that, uh, the woman behind Financially Intentional, it's our good friend, Nassima McElroy's here. Hey, hey, you guys. I'm super grateful to be considered an earthling today and <laughs> get to hang out with you guys. Love all the jokes. Hey, so tell everybody about Financially Intentional, the three people that don't listen to what the heck you got going on. <laughs> Sure. So Financially Intentional is a platform that I created when I was on my mission to pay off my debt. Now I've kind of pivoted to helping nurses become financially independent. So that's what I do out here in these streets. Love spreading the good word about good financial stewardship. So Nassim, are we allowed to be here. Are, are, uh-huh. are we allowed to talk about your new project yet? Can we talk about it yet? Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. Yeah, because you're doing something really badass in the fintech space. Definitely. So I am one of the founding members of a bank called Loom. It's a bank specifically for nurses. And we're building in some really incredible tools that are going to kind of take all of the intimidation out of building wealth and automating a lot of processes. Um, and it's specifically for nurses because nursing is one of the largest, workfor- largest workforces in the country. So we're starting with nurses, and I am a nurse, if you didn't know. <laughs> I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So <laughs> we are starting with nurses and kind of automating a lot of those things that, you know, people really, really, really don't like about personal finance, like investing, like um, paying down debt. So it's going to be super exciting yeah, once I, we launch. Yeah. 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 I love the tools that you're talking about. And you and I had a short discussion about it in Cincinnati and it just sounds so neat, but I'm, so, I would be bald if I was working. Well, I am bald. So <laughs> practically, <laughs> practically bald now that I think about that Nasiba. but holy cow, I just got to imagine that every day is a challenge when you're in the fintech world. Yeah. But I don't get too heavy into that engineering crazy okay. side of it. I'm more of the bringing. The hey, hey, Nasima, come on, Nasima. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get in the weeds. I'm just a nurse, guys. I'm just a nurse. Can you tell I'm we had an, we had an engineer that got a little upset about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess which one of us might be an engineer. Exactly. Yeah. That is the most I've seen Len's feathers ruffled ever. <laughs> I know. But Nasim, is there a way people can sign up? Can they get on a wait list yet or is that coming? Actually, you can get on the wait list now at useloom.com. Sign up for our wait list there. And um, we're communicating with people on the wait list on a regular basis. And if you want to see me tick to the top, for Loom Bank, go over to TikTok at <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Loom Bank. Yes. Awesome. So we've got Nasima here. We've got Len here. We got Paula. We got Doug. We're going to talk about financial no-nos today. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. 
You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, you know, what I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. All right, let's get into the financial no-nos. The inspiration for this idea comes from uh, something I was reading at Morningstar.com and our friend Christine Benz, certified financial planner Christine Benz, over at Morningstar, wrote this piece called should you tap your retirement account to buy a home and i thought man with all the taxes the penalties and all these risks that they're out there to use your retirement fund for a home that is just something that i thought man a lot of people know is a financial no-no and then i realized Maybe a lot of people don't know it's a financial no-no. Maybe they have no idea that how bad that that can be. But that certainly is one. When you tap into your retirement account, if you don't pay back the loan right away, assuming that you take a loan, you're going to end up paying penalties uh, uh, for taking that money early, assuming it's pre-59 and a half or pre-retirement. And you're also not only going to pay taxes, but you'll also pay penalties. And then, of course, there's a risk that while you have the loan out, that the market actually goes up fast faster than the loan that you're repaying. And and frankly, a lot of people, they just repay the loan. They don't put new contributions in because they can't afford to put new contributions in. So they actually lose money toward retirement. So there's a bunch of reasons not to do that. So I thought we'd take this in four different areas today before our break for our big trivia contest. I thought we'd talk about your budget first. So no-nos when it comes to your budget or your everyday spending. Are there things that you should not be spending money on or ways you should not be spending money. And then second, we'll talk about credit. Are there ways that you should be maybe 
avoiding credit or bad things people do with credit that they shouldn't do. And then after the break, we'll talk insurances and risk management and investments. So, uh, Paula, let's start with you. How about that? Let's, let's, let's go into your budget. What's a, what's a budget no-no or a just daily spending no-no that you can think of offhand? Sure. So mine is going to be a little bit contrarian or a little counterintuitive. I think that the big budget no-no is any type of spending that you're doing that gives you the illusion of frugality, but actually is picking up pennies at the cost of dollars. So... (laughs) I'm just laughing because we used to have a contributor to this show that you and I know very well that this was his axe, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so there are for for people who are, you know, wondering what we're talking about or who think that my statement was too vague, there are a lot of daily decisions that you can make with regard to spending that might let you pat yourself on the back and think that you're saving money. So you go to Chipotle, you get the burrito, but you don't get the extra guacamole and you don't get a Coca-Cola, right? And you can pat yourself on the back because you saved four bucks by not getting the guacamole and the Coca-Cola. But the reality is you're in many, many big ways uh, spending too much on your housing or your transportation. You've got a car loan. You own too much house. You've got insurance policies with like – bigger premiums than you actually need because the you know the policy is more than what you actually need or the deductible is not right for you right there are all of these ways that big ticket money invisibly seeps out of your budget but many people make the mistake of focusing instead on what's tangible and visceral and immediately in front of them and so you feel as though you have a $2 win but you have a $2 win and a $200 loss. So, so, so yeah, you're focusing all your brain power on saving just a couple bucks while you could be focusing that same amount of time on saving hundreds or thousands of dollars. Exactly, exactly. And so to me, the budgeting no-no is uh, not the the quote-unquote don't buy lattes kind of a thing. It's, it's actually kind of the reverse of that. It's uh, the no-no is over-focusing on the things that don't matter at the expense of what does. You agree with that, Nasima? That people spend too much brain power focusing on the little things? Yes, I totally agree. Um, and can I say, I was totally thinking about that this morning. I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to eat out for this week um, because, you know, that can save me so much money. And, and I was like, you know what? It really doesn't matter how much money I save at the end of the day because I know I'm doing all the big things, right? So I need to stop focusing on that. It's something that it's hard, to, a hard habit to get out of because um, when I was paying off my debt, I was totally zero-based budgeting and like looking at every single dollar. Now that I'm in a better place financially, I just more or less focus on those big things. But I do find myself kind of backsliding into those old habits and then me having to check myself like, okay, are these big financial things taken care of. All right, cool. I could just relax. Yes, I totally agree. But Nasima, you do make a good point that there are people that do need to focus on the pennies. There was a time in your life when focusing on those pennies really mattered and mattered for me too. Yes, definitely. It definitely mattered, especially because I needed to get my finances in order. And that was the way that I did it. Like I mentioned, and I know Paula's not a big fan, but I did zero-based budgeting. 
in order to get out of my debt so fast. And that meant that I had to understand where every single one of my pennies was going and make sure that the majority of it was going towards my goal of paying off debt. And that was what enabled me to pay off a million dollars in debt in under three years. Paula, you have gotten a reputation for the anti-budget, right? But when Nasima says you're not a fan of zero-based budgeting, I don't—is that true? Or do you believe that if some man, if, they, if somebody's got to count pennies, that a zero-based budget works? I, I think that if you are the personality type who can stick to it consistently over the long term, then cool. Like that's your personality type, and the, there's some segment of people out there who can do it and who enjoy doing it and do it consistently. But for people whose personality type, whose interest, who's just met kind of mindset doesn't really gel with that. The anti-budget I think of as sort of the intuitive eating of the budgeting world versus something that's a little bit more granular. That's more like the calorie counting of the budgeting world. Again, I'll ask this question. If there's somebody who's really struggling dollar by dollar, it seems to me that even if it's not that intuitive, that that's an exercise that would really help you. Sure, sure. I think that so we'll we'll use the nutrition analogy again. If you're brand new to the world of paying attention to what you eat, then you don't necessarily have the intuition developed yet. And so uh meticulously tracking, you know, eating out of measuring cups, weighing everything on a food scale, like that can be a really good temporary short-term exercise that gives you awareness of the quantity of food you're eating and allows you to, over time, develop more honed intuition. I'm only laughing, Paul. I don't know if people can hear me laughing, but I'm only laughing because you and I have had some fantastic conversations about epic fails on diets. Like like I've made sure that I track and know exactly when that Dairy Queen's hitting my gullet. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you and I have talked about the massive quantity of apples that you eat. Right. Well, yes. And cheese. Yes. Well, and that part's good, right? That part's good. And you talked about taking pictures of your food. And even when it was bad, man, you took a picture of your food going, look at the horrible stuff I'm eating today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's an exercise that brings more awareness to what I'm eating, the, yeah. you know, the, the good and the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also, I mean, there's some allegory there with tracking and budgeting as well, right? <laughs> Photographing right. your food is not the same as budgeting. What's what you're taking pictures of. Uh, Len, for you, does this have a lot of weight? Do you think that too many people focus on the little things instead of those big numbers? I don't know. I know it, that's a, that is a mistake that some people make. I don't know if too many people are making that mistake, but um, I, I, most people I think that are budgeting are probably rightly focusing on those on those little things. So, well, let's focus. I, I let's let's then uh, pivot and let's have yours. What's your budget? No, no. Well, mine. Okay, so mine was. I was thinking more in, about methodology about how you're doing your budget. So. Um, what I came out with was, uh, and this was a mistake I made really early on, and I quickly corrected. I, I didn't account for taxes, like property oh. taxes. I think people, if you bought a house and you're, and, and that part is not in your, you know, you're making with your mortgage payment. If you're not budgeting for that property tax twice a year, that that can really blindside you. So I think that's a big one. Is it, but that's where the escrow payment really, <laughs> really is. Well, if you, yeah, uh, of course, I'm one of those people. I. I I don't like that, but yeah, I mean, if you have the escrow payment, you don't, you don't have to think about that. Well, let's so, talk about so, why don't you like the escrow payment? 
I like the control of my money. I like, I just, at the end when they're trying to square things up, um, I, I just liked, I just liked having the control myself. So have it be yours. Yeah. Yeah. Nasima, for you, when Lynn was talking about taxes, man, a lot of self-employed people, when they first become self-employed, they forget about taxes. That can be a huge thing for self-employed people. Yeah, I think taxes is a big thing, but also all those things that you pay once a year to kind of fall into that category, like forgetting to budget for your car insurance, your life insurance. Those things, too, are things that came to mind when I was thinking about what Lynn was saying. When I was really struggling, my kids were very young, Nasima, And I remember kids' birthday parties would mess up my budget because I had every dollar accounted for. And then one of my kids' friends would have a birthday and, you know, there goes another 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, because I have two small kids. That's part of my budget. Like always, I have a category that's called gifts. Me too, <laughs> me too Nasima. Yes. Me too. And, and by the way, I don't believe in buying kids gifts. So I always buy kids stock. So I give them a stockpile gift card. Oh, cool. Just so, in case you're wondering, because I hate when people buy my kids gifts because all they do is clutter my house. So I just want them to make my kids rich. So I'll be trying to make other kids rich too. So well, I'm going to send you. I'm going to Desim. I'm going to send you my birthday date because I like getting stock. So <laughs> yes, you know I got you, Joe. <laughs> While we have while we have you, Nasima, I was saving the best for last. What is your budget no no? Budget no no is not adding vacations into your budget because oh. a girl like me loves to take trips and my kids love to take trips. So always have a vacation category in your budget. Did you have that wreck your budget at all? No, because I always plan for it. Like that was like the biggest thing. And I think that's when people fail with budgeting is they don't incorporate fun in their budget. Budgeting does not have to be beans and rice and restrictive. It's really about spending money on the things that you care about and making sure you prioritize those and going on vacation, especially when I was paying off debt. Like, you know, me and my daughter, we're going to Disneyland every other month. And that's not a... It's not down the street, even though I live in California. It's eight hours away from where I live, so I have to have a hotel. All of that, you know, the flight needs to be budgeted for. So it didn't wreck my budget because I planned for it. But that is so important because I think a lot of people don't realize that, especially when you're paying down debt, that you're not going to feel as excited as you do that first day all the time. And having some, I don't know, some milestones, some battery charging along the way so that you can keep on this pace is so important. Like think about it more like a marathon than a sprint. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You have to incorporate those fun things along the way. You're just not going to hit that goal, the goal that you're striving for. You're not going to hit it. Len, let's go back to you. Uh, we'll move on to our second piece. So that was budget. Let's talk about credit, right? Uh, either debt or credit in that area. What's a financial no-no that comes to the top of your mind? In credit, you, do you know auto loans? I've noticed you can get a seven-year auto loan now. Did you know right? that? I mean, <laughs> can you believe that? And I think people are tempted to take that seven-year uh, auto loan. Now, I would say if there's a zero percent or a one, you know, point one or point nine percent, maybe you do that just because of the time value of money. You'll probably be just fine. But if you've got like a you know three, four, five, six, eight percent auto loan, you are really setting yourself up to pay some higher interest, and your car is going to depreciate faster. 
you know, then you can pay off the debt probably. Upside down. Upside down. And then what happens if your financial situation changes? You get run into trouble where you can't even make the payments. So you're just setting yourself up over that long seven-year period. I think that that's a huge mistake. It's tempting, but you probably want to avoid that. Well, I'll even uh, jump on that one. You know why people do that, I think, a lot of the time? It's not interest rate, Len. It's payment. It's, it's payment. payment. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. whenever you take on debt based on the payment, not based on the debt, that's a no-no. Yes. Yeah, because when you go to a car dealership, they're always going to ask you, like, how much do you want to pay monthly? And that's when people get tripped up. That's yep. how they do it. That's how they sell you. And think about seven years from now, like, seriously, the chance of you being underwater in a SEMO would be huge. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially that, how expensive cars are right now. I know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Paula, how about you? A credit or a debt? No, no. I would say when it comes to credit, I... Anecdotally, I've talked to at least a handful of people who are in their early 20s who are thinking like their priority when it comes to like, I need to get my financial life in order. The priority is their credit score. And I think that that is a no-no in terms of like, why is it that your credit score is a priority uh, at a time in your life when you don't plan on buying a home? I'm not saying don't pay any attention to it at all. Sure, it needs to be like somewhere on your list of priorities. But I hear uh, many young people talk about their credit score uh, with more urgency or more importance than they talk about opening a retirement account or making sure they have an adequate emergency fund. Like as you're thinking through financial priorities, I think the no-no is over-prioritizing your credit score or credit history above some of these other actions that you could be focusing on or learning about. Yeah, I thought about this one a lot. I remember when I was having credit issues back when I was struggling with money, Paula, and I thought, my goal is not to have a credit score. My goal is if I'm at the point where I can actually not be a debtor and pay cash to everybody, like how great would that be? Whether I do it or not is a whole different thing, but having the power to not worry about my credit score at all, I think is way better than trying to get an 800. Right, right, exactly. And certainly your credit score impacts, you know, other, so if you're renting an apartment, for example, or in some cases, even car insurance rates or or jobs that you apply for. So certainly there are those second order consequences. um, But that being said, the number of times that I hear people focus on their credit score when they don't have a retirement account yet, or they don't have an emergency fund yet. When you look back on what you're you're glad your 22-year-old self did, opening that retirement account and funding it and investing that money in, uh, you know, long-term buy and hold broad market index funds. I mean, I think the future version of you is going to be much happier that you did that than you, you know, had an 800 credit score. Paula, what's your credit score? What's your credit score, Paula? I don't know. Offhand, I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna, that's good. That was the right answer. I was waiting to see if you're going to come right up with this. Eight, 822 or something. <laughs> Very good, Paul. Up, up one point from yesterday. 822. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, I don't pay any attention. Yeah. You, you know what's interesting? And uh, Nasima and Len, for both of you, working for other people as a nurse or as an engineer, have you seen what Paul has talked about where credit is affecting somebody's job? where you're you're seeing people not get hired because of their credit score or maybe not getting a promotion because of their credit score? Have you actually seen that in the workplace? 
not with the nursing shortage, honey. We need all the nurses we can get. They you could have a you could have a three fifty credit score. <laughs> no, 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 no. We need the nurses. Come on, nurses with bad credit. Yeah, I don't think that happens where I haven't seen that either. That, that I don't. We're not looking at credit scores when we're hiring. So I was reading about it just two weeks ago. Somebody that was denied a job because of a bad credit score. So um, really, what was yeah. the profession? I don't remember. That's the bad thing. Is that that's it, crazy? Yeah, had that's I not a nurse? Had I thought that I was, you know, that we were going to be talking about this two weeks later, I would have held on to that. But yeah, I just remember flipping the page, going, "Can't believe that that." Uh, Somebody didn't get. I, I will you say guys this: could my, probably you guys could probably guess it happens a lot more in financial and consulting industries, and oftentimes it's happening in in the back end process in HR, and the hiring managers don't even realize that happens until they get a bad credit score, and then HR says, "You know that candidate you really loved? Um, we should think twice about that." Oh, wow. it happens more frequently there. Do they not even tell them, Doug, that it's credit related? I mean, are they do they, do they not tell the candidate or the hiring manager? The hiring manager. Uh, no, they will. They, they will if that's if that's the thing. And then usually it's you should be cautious here. It may not be. You know, they don't. HR rarely gets to make the decision that right. oh, we're not hiring this candidate. It's more like, hey, we found this red flag. Want you to be aware. You, might want to look somewhere else, but if there's other compelling reasons you really need this person, you might need to mitigate for that that well, issue that issue that we uncovered. More along, if there's a tie, that person's going to lose the tie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That in the financial world, that that would be a that'd be a bigger thing. Hey, and business consulting. Yeah, yeah sure. Yep. Uh, well, where there's financial controls, right? If somebody has a P and L, I would imagine that that becomes yeah. but becomes a big deal. All right, Nasima, here before the break, you've got the last one: biggest credit or debt no no. This is gonna ruffle some feathers, so that's why we love you because you're great at ruffling feathers. <laughs> oh yes, I love to ruffle a feather or two. So the biggest credit no no is stop using is, is using credit when you have credit card debt. So I don't believe in carrying balances on your credit card. So if you cannot pay your balances off in full every month, it's probably a good sign you shouldn't be using your credit card. So until you can get your credit card debt under control and then your spending habits under control, credit cards probably aren't the way to go because you should be pimping your credit cards. You shouldn't be letting these credit card companies pimp you. That's just how I feel. I was... Uh, yeah. That is a phrase I've never heard before. <laughs> you should be pimping your credit card company. That is fantastic. But I think that, Nasima, this was me, by the way. I had to go to an all-cash lifestyle because I was that guy who I thought every time I paid off $100 on my credit, that would give me, you know, that would give me 85 bucks more than I could spend of somebody else's money. And that's just a losing game. You're getting pimped. Yeah, it's, it is, it is super, super ugly. All right. You know, I had one to add here too. And I don't know if on either ones of these, Doug, if you've got one, I'll add one when it comes to credit and, and debt, the true cost of debt, like, especially when it comes to mortgages or car loans, they also really like to talk about the interest rate, but they don't tell you about all the additional fees that get added on there, which means that a company could have a very low interest rate on debt and they will really secure a lot more money by throwing on you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars of fees uh, on that one. So that's that's one that I had in this half. Uh, Doug, did you have one you were thinking of? 
I think I already used up all my intelligence on that HR (laughs) piece there. I got, I mean, I'm kind of tired actually. Well, coming up next, we are going to talk about the other half of this equation. Let's talk insurances and risk management and investments. But first it's time for our big trivia contest. Our three contributors, Paula Pant, Len Penzo, and OG from this podcast. And Nasima, today you are playing on behalf of OG. So your team OG on this one. They have a year-long competition to see who wins maybe the ugliest trophy in uh, modern sports. But Nasima, there's some good news and bad news for you and OG. Which one would you like first? Always the bad news. Well, the bad news is you're not winning and OG is usually winning, but the good news is that means you don't have to go first. You get to go second. Mr. Penzo's winning with seven points. OG's in second with four and a half. How the heck did OG get two and a half points behind Len? But uh, Paula Pant, good news for you, even though you're in last, which is something that has become <laughs> that a regular. so rare. <laughs> it's become a regular occurrence here, but you're still only one point behind OG, which is pretty damn cool. So Fantastic. One point behind, and I get the uh, prime guessing position. I get to guess last. Get to guess last. So, But we got to find out what we're guessing about, and only one person knows that, and it's my mom's neighbor, Doug. Stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. While Earth began approximately 13 billion years ago, you remember, Len, Earth Day started in 1970. It was inspired by the Vietnam War protests and eventually led to the creation of the Environmental Protection Agency. The theme for 2022 is invest in our planet. Thanks for the segue, good folks over at the EPA. According to Harvard Business Review, there's a positive correlation between superior financial performance and companies that focus on environmental, social, and governance issues, also known as ESG. Let's give you a question today about the top ways to manage ESG money. Check this out. Top investors will build a portfolio of companies that have a carbon footprint 50% smaller than benchmarks. Also, Any investments must have 50% less exposure to what's called stranded assets. Oh, hey, here's a fun fact. Stranded assets is exactly what my friends call me after the Uber driver kicks me out for puking in the backseat. But anyway, in this case, it also refers to things like fossil fuel machineries that have become obsolete because of legislation and other stuff. Cool way to invest, huh? Well, billions. I said Billions of dollars are being managed using this formula. But as of 2019, just how many billions in assets are being managed using this strategy? That was your question. I'll be back with the answer after I go make sure I'm not investing with anyone who's (laughs) totally killing the planet. Well, it's a good uh, thing to do, Doug, on Earth Day. So billions of dollars being managed In this way where we've got less than 50% carbon footprint, not having any of this uh, straggler money involved, but how many billions of dollars? So Len, you get to go first. Is this in the world or what? In the world. How many many billions of dollars? technically it's on planet Earth. (laughs) Oh, on planet Earth. Well, and if we're saying that, Paul, we might as well say in the universe, right? (laughs) I mean, you never know. Yes. Could could be. Billions of dollars are managed on in. ESG related stuff. ESG principles. Okay, I don't. Again, I have no clue. 
you didn't say trillion, so I'll assume it's less than a thousand billion. So I'm just going to go right in the middle, 500 billion. 500 billion dollars. Nasima, how about you? Oh my God. This is such a hard question. I <laughs> Have you ever been here when there was an easy one? Because I don't recall. No. <laughs> no, they're always like off the hook. So um, I would say, I don't want to go over, let's say $50 billion. $50 billion for Naseeba. Yes. One-tenth of Len's <laughs> guess. Paula, how about you? Well, yikes. <laughs> I mean, given that the winner is whoever guesses closest. Um... <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's some good logic there. <laughs> Nothing. Whoever, Len, whoever scores most points in that football game is going to win. You always been this sharp, Paul, or is this a new thing for you? Nasima, whoever drives the car faster, that's going to be the winner. <laughs> Uh, you know, as opposed to the old rules were closest without going over, but the new rules are simply closest. At, at what point do we stop calling them new rules? Because I think it's been like three years yeah, <laughs> since we. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is that rather than Chelsea Brennan, either of my other two contestants. Are you going to make the same mistake you did in the in last uh, time? Come on, Joe. Right Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to given given the disparity between the two guesses I'm going to guess directly in the middle at 275. Bless you. Paula. Bless you. Boy, and that worked great for you last time, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> I would, the strategy must revert to the mean. I, I, man, it's funny when we've got these numbers that are factors of billions of dollars. <laughs> Just crazy. Actually, hundreds of billions of dollars between yeah, all of like you. Two probably two billion or something. <laughs> 1.3 1. right well we'd love to tell you but um we're gonna do that in just a second because we got this first when you hear the name navy federal credit union you probably think that's just for members of the u.s navy of course you would in fact though navy federal credit union serves all branches of the armed forces they even serve families of service members and veterans of all branches they're experts in military finances they empathize with members lives and go above and beyond to make sure they don't miss out on financial opportunities. You don't want to miss out on one. Navy Federal has so many great ways of communicating with you that it's exciting. I was talking to somebody here, by the way, in yet another city as I go meet stackers around the country. I found out from this stacker that he loves Navy Federal, not just because of his own stuff, but because they also take care of his business accounts as well. And you know, when it comes, by the way, to juggling all kinds of things, if you've got to buy a new car right now, Navy Federal knows that's a big investment. And that's why they offer rates as low as 1.79% APR on new vehicles, along with flexibility with monthly payments and terms. You want to try to pay cash for a car if you can, but if you can't, Navy Federal has you covered. And by the way, when you refinance your auto loans from another lender, members could save and get $200 on top of the savings. So get decisions in seconds. Start saving with Navy Federal Credit Union. Available to members who are active duty, veterans, and their families to earn and save more as a member. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal is federally insured by NCUA. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Rate subject to change and based on creditworthiness or so your rate may differ. Refinance law must be at least $5,000 to be eligible for the $200. Terms and conditions apply. 
And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Len, you kicked it off with 500 billion and everybody said that's way too big a number because... Because uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'm 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 feeling a little depressed with my guess, but you know what they say: if life gives you melons, make melonade. No, it just means you're dyslexic. Mm. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> hold hold, where's the hold? <laughs> so good, yes. so good, just holy cow! <laughs> Thank you, Doug. <laughs> but Nasima. Oh, I was. I thought you'd say something like he says five hundred. So I think you're coming in at four fifty. You come in at one <laughs> one tenth of his number, fifty billion. Well, I'm with Paula. I still thought I was trying to hang on to the old rules. You know what I'm saying? I didn't realize I had to listen to the show for over three years, but I guess I had. Nice. Way to I go, Nasima. And, and there's Nasima's last appearance. I was going to say, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> you think I listen to this stuff anymore? It's good work, Nasima. Way to help my ratings. My bad, my bad. <laughs> At Paula 275 last week uh, was a dumpster fire. <laughs> Going back for more. Going back for more. Uh, one right. of these times, the strategy has got to work out. Well, why not today? <laughs> let's 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 take Paula. Paula could play Trivial Pursuit, and she would give the same answer for every question because <laughs> she knows that question is in there somewhere in that deck of cards. At some point. <laughs> And, and <laughs> Margaret. What? <laughs> here, here we go. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. It's important to note that saving the earth doesn't have to cost you money. Look at Joe. He got rid of all his hair so he wouldn't have to use the energy of a blow dryer. What a guy. But our question today was about an investment strategy used by some of the top Wall Street managers. The Harvard Business Review interviewed 70 senior executives at 40, excuse me, 43 global institutional investing firms, including the world's three biggest asset managers. And they found that environmental, social and governance was almost universally top of mind for these executives. So how many Billions are being managed using a strategy that helps maximize ESG and returns? $50 billion, and that means Nasima and OG are our winners today. And that, I got to tell you, Nasima, that really frosts me for two, for two reasons. One, you could have cast zero and still won. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> you could have said no billions. I think there are no billions. This ESG thing is made up and you still would have won. Secondly, in the basement, we have this, there's, there's a whole bunch of side action going in the bit. What you guys don't know here and on the panel is in the basement, me and, and, Doc Gertrude and and Karen, we've got side action going on you guys. We're betting on you guys and who's going to win. And I guessed Len was going to win, and he completely <laughs> pooped the bet. <laughs> you know what though? But but that pooping the deck strategy won won for me the last two weeks. So I pooped the deck and still won. I thought you were hot, man, and you just. <laughs> But how about Stone that? Cold. But yeah, congratulations, Nasima. When the answer's in the billions and Nasima gets hey. it exactly right, nice job. <laughs> All right. And, and that, that question was so con- <laughs> <laughs> right. that, that question was so convoluted. It's not like she could have gone and Googled it. <laughs> no, that's the, I wouldn't have even known what to Google <laughs> what if I was on the receiving end of that. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you, I definitely thought about Googling it, but I couldn't figure out what phrase to put into the Google. <laughs> So I didn't. I just came off the cuff. Like, well, and I plus, really think I should go play Lotto. I, well, and plus, Nasima, you know, the prize for winning is so big, right? So it's clearly. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was risking it all. Yeah, it's clearly <laughs> worth Googling. You're like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. I don't even get it. OG does. So who cares? Yes. Exactly. All right. So, so wait a minute. This side action, are there any bets placed on that? Like, are there bets placed on who? Oh, it's a whole derivatives the- market. Paula, it's very complicated. (laughs) There's bets on on how many minutes Len is going to vacillate and think (laughs) about and talk about his logic behind his answer. There's bets on whether or not you're going to try to incorporate any, like, uh, what, like... Like culture references. Cultural references. In, yeah, yes. in your answer. I mean, we got all kinds of action going on. Yes. Well, we also had Nasima to mention her app three times, thinking it, and she didn't mention it once. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> didn't mention the app once. Loom. It's what? Try Loom. Use Loom.com. Yes. See, I can do that. All right. <laughs> Second half of our conversation about financial no-nos underway, and uh, this half of the conversation brought to you by Magnify Money. Uh, Paula, you know what happens when you go to stackingbenjamins.com slash magnify money? You find out that the financial instruments at your brick-and-mortar locations are nowhere near the best in class. <laughs> stackingbenjaminsbam.com slash, uh, who's doing that? Is that Doug? StackingBenjamins.com slash Magnify Money. He's just upset, Paula, that I didn't call on him. That's what he's really upset about. Yes. Because then she gives the the straightforward answer. (laughs) This is not seventh grade where you're getting a point for the right answer. (laughs) This is a comedy show. It's not even our trivia contest. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So into the second half of these, let's talk insurances and investments. And and Nasima, I had you as our guest of honor go last on the first ones. I'm going to have you go first on these two. Uh, when it comes to either buying insurances or your risk management strategy, what's a big no-no? I'm going to get nailed on this again. Uh, you probably don't need whole life insurance. Tomatoes, tomato. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a I think there's a place for whole life insurance, but I think it's oversold to communities of color 
and the middle class in general. So I would just have people take a look at what kind of insurances they need. And if you have like a whole life policy that's portable through your job, that's probably enough to cover those things for a whole life. But yeah, I like term insurance. So people are probably going to be mad at me, especially all the insurance agents in the audience. (laughs) Well, that's all right. Cause I, cause I agree with you while I'm with you, there is a place for permanent insurance Man, I just see too many people that don't need it. I'm totally with you there on insurance. And I don't even know if I have to call on Len or Paula. I can hear their head nodding through the internet here through the Fireside app. So let's go, let's go right to Len. Len, how about you? An uh, insurance no-no? Um, God, there's a lot I can think of. Um, you know what? Here's a This one I think you, you folks are going to love me for this. You really should. People don't shop around enough. Oh yeah. A, a, and, and I've over the years I've found, and there's been a lot of years behind me now that, you know, if you stay with the same insurance company for more than a few years, you're really missing out by not shopping around because it seems like when you go to somebody else after a few years of being with one company, they are going to beat whatever rate you're existing insurance companies charging you. Uh, so it's like, it's almost a guaranteed uh, reduction in your insurance rates just by leaving the company you have now every few years. I actually found out the reason for this. And just this last weekend, Len, I was talking to a friend of mine who was saying, you know, I think this insurance stuff is a ripoff because every few years, some other insurance company comes out of the blue that wasn't inexpensive all of a sudden it's more inexpensive than mine. So if you keep shopping them around, but you know what I found out from an insurance agent, that's not what's going on. It's that different insurance companies like people and target people in different age groups. So actually when you have birthdays, you fall into a new age group that another company likes better and your current company likes less. And that's why you want to shop. Really? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, think that's about it. Super you know, interesting, fun fact. Hey, what? However, they make the sausage, I don't care. It, the <laughs> bottom line is, if you shop around, you I guarantee you're going to get cheaper rate after if you don't stick with the same company for ten years. But it you're, certainly, you're it certainly makes out. sense to me that you know, Allstate will want people in this band, and they know how to market them because they've been marketing them forever. And when you leave that band, they, you know, not not as competitive anymore. That totally yeah. makes sense to me. Uh, that's a great one, Paula. Uh, how about you uh, an insurance or risk management no no i would say don't uh like make sure that you get the highest possible deductible that you can afford so to the extent that you are able to use your emergency fund to cover the cost of that deductible do that because the amount of premium that you'll save over time is going to be significant right and i, I think a lot of people um, they get the sticker shock when they see the deductible and they, you know, feel psychologically comforting to be like, no, no, no I want a very small deductible. Um, but the more that you can self-insure and buy insurance only for like low, low probability, but high magnitude events, i.e. the portion that you cannot reasonably cover from an emergency fund, like the more that your insurance covers only that case scenario and doesn't cover the stuff that, you know, would be painful, but that you could do, 
the lower premiums you'll pay and the more you'll save over time. This is where the discussion about emergency funds drives me crazy because people point to the, you know, even if they use Magnify Money, Paula, or you can go <laughs> to shop those brick and mortar rates, but even if they use a high interest uh, savings account, which still makes you roll your eyes because it really is a, still a very low interest rate. You know, people go, well, forget it. I'm not going to have an emergency fund, but your ROI is not there. Your ROI is exactly on what you're talking about. You can save a bunch of money on your insurance company with your insurance company by having that. So it's not about the crappy interest rate you're getting from the emergency fund. It's about the fact you're saving it elsewhere. Exactly. It's about the fact that you're saving it elsewhere. It's about the fact that you're more willing and able to take risks in your investment portfolio. Maybe you're willing to have a higher equities exposure because you have a bigger cash allocation, right? You Maybe you're willing to take more career risks to negotiate a little bit harder when you uh, take a job offer or to, you know, take just take other risks within other elements of your life, whether it's the business that you run, the career that you have, the side business that you start, the yeah. uh, equities that you own, right? That's where the ROI from having a cash allocation comes from. Hey, let, let me talk about it. Th- those low deductibles, they are so misleading because you say, oh, well, I'm going to have a low deductible. Well, well, and like Paula said, you really should only insure the things that you can't afford to, to repay yourself. But that low, l- let's say you do cash in that low deductible, you, you make that claim. The, the insurance company gets it right back when they raise your rates the following year because you made a claim and then some. So the low deductible is a joke. Just go with the highest freaking available deductible. I mean, I've learned that the hard way. I'm telling you, these insurance companies, my rates went up one time because I just called to inquire about making a claim. I did not even make the claim. I just called to inquire and that counted as a claim. And they thought you might be a higher risk because you called. Yep. And of course, I left that insurance company after that. But but so think about that too, folks. Just calling to inquire may raise your rates the following year. But mine was actually, Len, the opposite side of this, which is I see people that don't have an emergency fund and they raise their deductibles. And this to me is a no-no because even though people with no emergency fund are generally people living paycheck to paycheck and just want to make sure that they have enough money for bread the next week, that's where the spiral of death begins is the second you're in a car wreck and you can't afford that high deductible and you don't have the emergency fund or any way to get cash now you're screwed agreed agreed yeah so you know it's tough to say this but work on that emergency fund as fast as you can so that you can jack up your deductibles uh i think that's a big one all right and we're gonna round this out now by talking about investing Uh, nasima what's a investing no no that you see too many many people commit Oh my God, can we talk about my $80,000 mistake? (laughs) So that was not investing while you're paying off debt. That's the biggest no, no. Oh my God. And it cost me personally just $80,000 in investments I could have made. Tell me what you mean by that. Go through that math just a little bit. What do you mean by 80,000 bucks? Go through that math for you because it took me um, about three years to pay off my debt. So I have at my job a 403B. And a four fifty seven, so that was what nineteen five. Is that turbocharged? <laughs> the four fifty seven. The four fifty seven. What is it? That I don't know. He's, you're, you're he's just a. Okay. Yeah, it's a I Detroit joke. He's, oh, okay. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> no idea. What he's talking about. about a car engine, Nasima. But anyway. Oh, yes. nice. Okay. So for people that don't know, a four fifty seven is deferred compensation, which you can contribute pre-tax money into at the same 
um, right, that you can contribute or at the same amount that you contribute to your 403B or your 401k is what most people know. But at government uh, jobs or government entities are like teachers, they get 403Bs. We're classified like firefighters at my hospital. So we get a 403B with the 457. So that's $19,500. It was a contribution limit at that time. If you multiply that by two and then by three years, so that is the $80,000 that I missed out on investing. And, and there I, it is. I, I maxed those out. So you're, you're thinking you, you should have done both or that you, inv- yes. or that you invested and you should have been paying down debt. I was paying off my debt and stopped making my yeah. investment contributions. Yes. And so that was the biggest thing. And the thing is, it would have helped me in my debt payoff as well, because when you're paying off your debt, they go off of your take-home pay. So it would have reduced my take-home pay, which would have reduced my um, debt payments, like my amount that my minimum payments that I needed to make. So it was just an overall mistake. It was one of those things, you know, you listen to these big financial gurus that don't necessarily understand your individual situation, but it sounds good for the majority of people. But uh, personal finance cannot be dogmatic. And so once you do listen to somebody and apply that to yourself, you get caught up in these situations. And so that was my mistake. And so for everybody who's paying off debt, make sure that you're investing. You don't have to max everything out, but you should be putting money into investments because you cannot get back those years that contribute to compound interest. Well, I'll tell you, Nassima, what was always frustrating for me is when people would just look at whatever the next goal is, whether it's debt or putting a kid through college or whatever the next thing was, they, they would, they would lose on so much compounding interest because they were so just so focused on that next hurdle and they'd end up having to pay for everything themselves and not let compounding interest do its job. Because a big thing there, I mean, that's even more than 80,000. Think about any compounding interest you get that you get to start that clock earlier. I mean, that I've definitely thought about it and it hurts. Yeah, that's a gajillion dollars. That's, that's, <laughs> yes, it is. that's a ton of money. <laughs> Uh, 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 Paula, how about you? Investment uh, no-nos? I would say, uh, I mean, one major investment no-no is getting too irrationally exuberant about individual stock picking or um, whatever the latest investing fad is to the exclusion of the tried and true, like, quote unquote, boring index fund strategy. I think that it's normal to get really excited about some, you know, trendy asset class, but, and, and for 10% of your portfolio, maybe 15% of your portfolio, that's fine. But the other 85 to 90% should be in the stable stalwarts that don't make for good cocktail party conversation. You're, you're not saying that the guy that took all of his money out and put it in Dogecoin, took it all out of his 401k and put it in Dogecoin made a mistake, (laughs) are you? I I might be saying that, Joe. Yes. <laughs> well, when he gets rich and has the last laugh, we will <laughs> should have uh, put it in Shiba Inu instead. <laughs> should have. What was it? What was he thinking? Well, if you're going to diversify, do fifty fifty, right? <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, Mr. Penzo, how about you? You got the last laugh on this one. What's your investing no no? I I think timing the market. I think a lot of people try to time the market, and uh, that's 
it's tempting, uh, but it can really backfire on you. So uh, just kind of dollar cost average, and I think you'd be much better off in the long run. I think that's a great one to leave it on too, because too many people, I'm going to wait until the market drops. I'm going to wait until the market goes up. I'm going to wait until the market does. Uh, how how do you think you can predict that? That's amazing to me. They don't have an eight ball like you do, Len. You, you, at, least have your, you at least have your eight ball. Yeah, but uh, let's see. Our eight ball hasn't been doing so well lately. So, <laughs> Yeah, Len's like case in point right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's going to do it for today. And I think we got through a lot of great no-nos. So thank you, contributors. We'll have our guest of honor, Nasima, go last. But uh, Mr. Penzo, what's going on over there at LenPenzo.com? Oh, I've got a good one. I took some paper towels. You ever wonder, there's so many different paper towel brands, but you don't know what's the best value. Well, I took eight of them from the store different brands, and I tested them. I did my own experiment here at home where I tested them for absorbency and scrub strength, and then I took their cost per square foot, and I rated them all, and I came out the, which of the eight are the best, is the best value, paper towel. Between Scott, Bounty, there's Brawny, uh, you know, the Kirkland brand, I tested eight of them, and the results are quite interesting. We're going to see if more expensive equals better at lenpenzo.com. I want to be, next time you do the ice cream taste test, I want to be part of that one. I just, I know I put my name in earlier, but I still want to be part of it. <laughs> can, can, can you let me know when you do toilet paper, Len? <laughs> oh boy. You know what? Somebody actually made that remark already on the the comment section. Yes. yes. You know what? A guy named Ryan in Norfolk actually told me how to uh, bake toilet He came up to me and he said, you know, Len, do you know how to bake toilet paper? Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, no, how do you bake toilet paper? Well, he Joe? said he doesn't know how to bake it, but he knows how to brown it on one side. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, that's for you, buddy. Not, that was not me. I would never tell a joke that bad. It was horrible. Paula Pant, what's going, get us out of this, Paula. What's going on at Afford Anything? Wow, I, uh, I don't know if I can get you out of that. <laughs> That's uh This is the one time Paula didn't want to follow me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But on the Afford Anything podcast, if you want to hear more of Joe's commentary, every other episode features Mr. Saul Sihai, in which you get the smarter version of Joe. <laughs> I, I won't tell those. Um, it's true. It's true. If you want to hear Genius Joe... Tune into the Afford Anything podcast. (laughs) And uh, that's where finer podcasts are distributed. Nasima, thanks so much for hanging out with us again. Every time you're on, oh my goodness, my stomach, I'd laugh so hard. Thank you for having me. And, um, you know, want to check me out, head over to the Financially Intentionals on the internet and the Financial Intent over on Twitter because Twitter is a hater. And if you want to check me out in my new ventures in banking, go to useloom.com or, you know, kick with me on the TikToks for Loom Bank. That's it's so awesome. Congratulations, by the way, on all your success. And it's just great to great to watch it, my friend. Just so, so cool. All the stuff you've got going on. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I I love watching you. You know, I'm your biggest fan. Well, thanks. thanks. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, we are going to let you take it from here, Doug. What should we have learned today? How about I play the right music? There we go. 
Well, Joe, here's what everybody should have learned today. First, investing no-nos? While there are lots of them, focus more on yes-yes. By trying things and getting out there, you're much more likely to make better decisions down the road than you are if you wait to make the perfect money move. Second, tapping into your retirement account to buy a home? Oh, I totally tap that, but you shouldn't. But the big lesson? You don't have to be a recycling guru like Greta Thunberg to save the environment. Wait a minute. Hey, Greta, come on. How many times do I have to tell you you can't recycle pizza boxes? There's a a whole thing with the grease and those little white plastic table. Stop. Jeez, classic rookie mistake. Thanks to Nasima McElroy for joining us today. You can find her at financiallyintentional.com. Thanks to Paula Pant for joining us today. You'll find her podcast, Afford Anything, wherever you're listening to us right now. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com forward slash paralysis by analysis. This show is the property of SP Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers Coaching Program. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine is our producer. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. And Brooke Miller handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. That's it for today. We'll see you back here on Monday on Stacking Benjamins. Welcome to the after show. I thought, uh, well, I didn't think anything. <laughs> Doug actually thought this, that we, we also need to have like a bonus round. And let me make sure I get this one right, Doug, that uh, we do a round of something that a lot of people might think is a mistake, but you absolutely love spending that money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I'm actually going to do a hybrid to kick this off of both. We were on a trip with our kids to the Northeast to see colleges. And on the way back during this week-long trip, we stop in Pittsburgh because my son's interested in Carnegie Mellon. But while we're there, we love baseball. So we go to the Pittsburgh Pirates game. Now, a lot of people in Pittsburgh think that might be the waste of money that we loved. (laughs) (laughs) End of story. Yeah, because I know the Pirates have, have 
have had their struggles, but I'm a Tiger fan. But nope, that's not it. We actually get there. We go up to the to the person and we printed off our tickets from home. And the guy takes that little reader thing and he goes, boop, and it makes a weird noise and it ticket doesn't go through. He's like, oh, sometimes it's that ticket. Just give me the next one. Boop, doesn't go through. Looks at all four of our tickets. They don't go through. And he's like, well, I don't know what's going on. Hand me the tickets. And he looks at it and he goes, these tickets are for yesterday. So it's not the next day and we can sell them to somebody. The tickets are already void. So that was just purely a mistake. So that's not the good part. The good part is we went and bought tickets for that day. So we double paid. Not great. But we get these nosebleed seats during the late innings. We decide because everybody's clearing out because the Pirates are getting beat by the Cubs by a bajillion, I think. Uh, by about 50 billion. I think it was by the same number that Nasima had for the for the guess earlier. But uh, we go down to sit, you know, in the expensive seats for the last couple innings. But as we sit there, there's a bunch of other people that are gathering in the lower deck as well. And I'm like, okay, there's a few people that are doing the same thing we're doing, just getting the experience, but they keep coming. And in the ninth inning, it is packed. And we say to the person next to us, we're like, what's going on? The the woman goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, why are there so many people here? They're getting killed. She goes, it's because there's a train concert afterwards that you bought with that ticket. So, which ended up being a great concert afterwards. So we jokingly say that we paid the train surcharge uh, by buying tickets twice. So that's mine. There's a band called Train. <laughs> come on, there it is. No, I'm seeing. No, I'm. This completely- was squarely in uh, your generational on. wheelhouse. I am googling this. Wait, oh, for okay. Train is Spotify. completely. Hey, Soul Drops Sister. Jupiter. Hey, yeah. Oh, Drops of Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never knew <laughs> oh, my. the name of that band. I didn't know what y'all was talking about. I was lost the whole time, so I'm with you, Paula. Oh, oh they also did a Hey Soul Sister. Hey. I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> she is well, totally messing with us, Joe. There's no she, way. No, no, she I'm, is trolling us. It, no. it, did you guys ever wonder why we sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game when we're already there? That is a good, that's a good <laughs> meta. Yes. Lynn is on Fuego today. So who's got, got one? one? Who's got I a, got one. Doug's got it, one. This is, this is one I'm, you know, we're, all of these are things we should be embarrassed. I mean, Joe, you sat through a train concert. That's embarrassing enough. Hey, but, I, I, wow, <laughs> man. So good. <laughs> and a pitch of pirates. Talk about just adding insult to injury. But uh, you know, I spent a career in technology, and I'm very sort of savvy with gadgetry and setting stuff up. I'm, I'm most people's, I'm many people I know. I'm their help desk, certainly in my family and other people. I'm, I help them set stuff up. And for probably 20 years, oh, no, it's probably more than that, closer to 25 years, I paid to rent my modem from the cable internet company. It was just, I, I had helped other people buy their own modems and set up their own modems for probably 130 bucks. And yet I continually paid every month to rent that modem. I mean, talk about, you know, the cobbler's kids going shoeless or the plumber's house having leaks. It was the stupidest thing. And I let it ride out until last year. But I still can't believe I allowed that to happen. It's but, just such a, but just that, but, a stupid way to throw your money away. But there's no guilty pleasure part of that. Well, the guilty pleasure was pure laziness because it wasn't like I realized <laughs> on the 25th year, oh, I should probably, you know. Yeah. Oh, God. No, it was like every month. I'll get to I that. Was just Do you later. want to explain to Paula what a modem is? 
I, I know what a modem is. Oh, okay. I, well, she I has everybody. That's the thing. Everybody who has internet to their house has some form of a modem, but nobody realizes it because they just say, do you have Wi-Fi? Hey, Paula, the modem is the device that you have to hook up to be able to play Hey Soul Sister <laughs> on your Spotify. I just don't know pop culture. I don't know artists. I don't know movies. I, I oh, miss a lot of these references. Paula, I think that was the the most angry I've ever heard you, actually. <laughs> I know what a modem is. <laughs> you were truly offended there. That's a great impression. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not that I'm, uh, I draw a blank slate on all topics generally. It's just a, a very specific information gap when it comes to pop culture. Well, hey, are you wearing your pink sweater right now? Your pink shag sweater? Um, I am. Oh, you mean the rug that the I rug. repurpose? I thought the, you you turned that into a sweater, didn't you? Uh, a shawl, yes. Oh, a shawl. A shawl, yes. It's a rug that I repurpose as a shawl. Excuse me. Some would call it a shrug. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, on Nasima, any guilty pleasure? Most people would consider it a waste, but you love it. You know what I'm going to say. It's my car. I love a Tessie. You know. Oh. Always, no wonder always. she didn't get the engine reference. She doesn't even have one. <laughs> I, don't, I have a battery. What's an engine? Battery. She's like, she's like, oh, a cute Detroit joke. Remember when Detroit used to make cars? That was so cool back in the day. That was so cool back in the day. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know, Nasima. everybody that has one is in love with it. Yes, yes. Yeah. You can't help it. It's a driving experience. Like, move over BMW. Seriously. All right, Len, you got one? <laughs> Not really. I have another baseball joke. One another baseball joke? Oh, boy. Remember, I was a Little League president, so I've got a, a million of them. Ready? Okay. Why are frogs good outfielders? Oh, because know. they never miss a fly. Oh, oh, oh! I hope oh you use God. that with I your eight-year team. I do. It was a peewee joke. The kids love it. My daughter would and crack you? up. I'm going to tell her that joke right now. Paula, Paula, do you have one, or do we get to go home on that? <laughs> you know, I uh, well, I don't have one. But rather than go home on this, Len, I'm requesting one more. Um, give us give us okay. a final baseball joke. <laughs> Why are singers good at baseball? Because they have perfect pitch. No. You see, there's a position on the field, Paula, called the pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> they throw the ball. Yeah, that's where the lemonade goes, or the melonade. Oh, please let me shut it off. Let me just shut this off. I, here, here, one I'm more. I'm trying one more. so here's, hard. Here's to... one more. Here's one my dad told me. This is a, this is a little. Uh, did you hear about the pregnant baseball? It got knocked up in the stands. Nasima, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can relate to that one. Just you're a nurse, right? You're a you're a you're a, you're a prenatal nurse or whatever. Right? So. Yes. Remember the last time we were on here, we were talking about. I think it was OG who pat, almost passed out when he was having his baby. So the nurse had to nurse him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. And then, the, okay. And then, and then of course, then there's, then there's Joe's tuna story, right? Oh, please. Let's go home. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go home. It's just the podcast episode that will not end. <laughs> 
Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.